Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengill sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas. And I have my cohorts, Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser, zooming in tonight. We've got a COVID-friendly studio tonight. How are you, boys? Hey, boys. Do if I was any better? It would hurt. <laughs> I am better, and it hurts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, hang on a minute. We got. Well, we we we've got a we've got an issue going on here. Hold the show. Hold everything, John. What's what's going on with the map? Well, as all good stories begin, <laughs> Circuit of America is you know everybody's premiere. It's fun to sneak out. You know, grown up kids, you sneak out on golf courses. You pets around. Well, I. I Kind of snuck out for a couple of hot laps on a motorcycle, and I forgot that they're repaving from <laughs> turn two to ten. Yeah, well, I, I could have told you that. We told you that on the last show. Are you not listening? I'm sorry. Did you, you say something, Jonathan? No, I'm muted. <laughs> you went so you you went down a hole in turn two. Now you know what it's like to feel like Mark Marquez. Then, uh, yeah. Uh, Failed on the sprint back to the paddock, though. <laughs> now, you know you have to do the rest of the season like that because that's what Marquez would have done. You mean each race, each Yeah, you, you, you got to keep show, racing at 200 miles an hour, yeah. Each weekend show, I have to do something silly and then go and I'm I'm sure I'm sure the truth that. is not as exotic as that, John, so carry on. <laughs> We're going to stick with that. Yeah, I'm don't fine. let the truth get in the way of a good story, Les. Good you, story. You, you stick with that with your sling around your shoulder and all that, and uh, maybe we'll hear the real story one of these days. But, hey, I want to talk about what we got on the show tonight because we have another really exciting show considering we're in the offseason because we've got some more clips from the folks over at EPAR Trade, and uh, we have some clips from Ross Braun from Formula One. We have some some clips from Pat Simmons from Formula One. And we also, from that same uh, same event they had, the race week at the end of the year, we have a clip from Steve O'Donnell talking about NASCAR at Coda. So we've got lots of good clips tonight. And we also have a young driver towards the end of the show, as we like to do. And we've got Aiden Kinney, who is going to join us at, towards the end of the hour. So we've got a really fun show for you guys tonight. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, stepping away from the NFL playoff situation, if that's the case for you. But, but, um, but you know what, Jonathan, why don't you talk about the people that we've got? I, you know, you go way back talking about Ross Braun, but let's introduce him first. 
Yeah, I mean, the beauty of Formula One at the moment is that the guys at the very top, and that is Ross Braun and Pat Simmons, um, have been part of Formula One. As you know, John Todd has stepped down as the head of the FIA uh, and has been um, replaced by Mohammed bin Suleiman uh, just recently, just after the, after the season was over. And then below that, the head of sports or the head of motorsport is Ross Braun. Uh, and interestingly enough, like John Todd, Ross Braun was the key to uh, uh, running Ferrari in Schumacher's days. He also was the key to Jensen Button's world championship winning um, uh, championship with Braun Racing. Uh, just the one year they had that double diffuser and they, they whooped everybody. Uh, and so Ross Braun has been an important figure in Formula One for a long time. But now he literally um, is the major runner of the sport, along with Pat Simmons. Pat Simmons. Um, likewise, has had a story history in Formula One himself with Benetton, with Williams and other teams. And he now is effectively the technical runner of Formula One. And we're going to hear from both of them tonight about the future uh, and about how they've sort of got their feet under the table now as running the sport and helping. Yeah, and uh, I'm really excited because Ross Braun, in particular, I don't know Pat Simmons as well, but every time that I have heard Ross Braun speak, he is such an amazing guy to 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 have in the sport still i mean we're kind of lucky to have him because like you said as he retired and he come and really came back into the sport with f1 in fact it was funny one of the clips he said uh he he uh he really loves his new role he wouldn't want the role that he had like with that toto and uh christian horner have so but let's get ready let's go ahead and play this first clip this clip is um talking about the 22 cost cap and will the cost cap keep teams from being innovative, as you guys say, Jonathan, innovative, because it's a big deal. You know, it's something we worry about, you know, is we want our F1 to be our F1. So let's hear from Ross Braun. Yeah, I think you go two routes, really. One is you go to standardized cars. If you want to control the cost, you go to standardized cars. And that's definitely not what we wanted. Or you try and constrain the resources which teams are allowed to, to use, but allow them within that that constraint to to do what they want within the regulations of course and we've chosen the latter because it means we'll have uh we'll have different cars on the grid cars will still have the identity of the teams um it's 145 million dollars uh this year which is still a huge amount of money um on top of that their uh, driver fees uh that's not including the driver fees and that's a a debatable topic that's a discussion we're having with the teams and the fi at the moment how how what may happen with that in the future um so uh but you know on this in in a, on a life for light basis i would say the top teams are probably spending getting on for twice that in the past and it's still a budget which let's say a a very good midfield team can aspire to um with the prize money they get from Formula One and the sponsorship they can attract, then you know, there's a lot of teams that will be able to reach that sort of level of expenditure. Uh, and therefore, we believe we'll have take a year or two to adjust, but we'll have um, many more frontline competitive teams in Formula One than we've had in the past. Yeah, Jonathan, what do you think about uh, that the, the the discussion that he's saying there. I mean, the, the, we want our innovation, though, for sure. Yeah, 
I mean, that, I was just going to explain that, 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 that perhaps the difference between NASCAR, IndyCar and Formula One is Formula One has always gone for a competitive approach to spending your money. So innovation is key. So that, that's why people like Adrian Newey and Ross Braun uh, in his day, um, you know, are almost aerophysicists and, um, you know, astronauts in their ability to, 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 to solve problems and get over things and push money towards new and innovative ideas. That's not so much in Indy um, or NASCAR that the idea is it's about, it's about keeping the, the parity, if you will. So there's a very competitive level of Formula One that has nothing to do with the drivers um, and the teams. It's all to do with the designers trying to get as much as they can. The problem with that is the more money you can throw at it, uh, and then as, as Ross said, in the case of Ferrari and Mercedes, they're throwing four or five hundred million um, at whatever problems they've got. And they're doing simulations and wind tunnel testing and all the rest of it. So they're on a NASA scope uh, of, um, you know, uh, preparation. Whereas the smaller teams like America's Haas team are spending closer to that budget cap of about 140 million, probably less. So the idea being, if you cap it at, at, at a price that the, 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 the minnows can get to, then maybe you can compete better with Mercedes. It sounds good in theory, but the bottom line is, and Dave O'Neill will confirm this when he's back on next time, is that they find ways around it. In other words, if it's R&D, they may do R&D two years ahead which doesn't count for that budget. So it's an attempt to tighten up and make the field more competitive. And it's certainly a step in the right direction. So I'm glad they're doing it. Hey, Les, Absolutely. I want to I, I ask you, Les, about the uh, how the driver salaries, amongst other things, but let's talk about driver salaries specifically, how those that money is outside the cap, like he said. What do you think about that? I'm not too thrilled on it because it just means bigger budget, you get the better driver. Uh, is that fair? Well, it happens every day in the rest of our lives. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I'm not sure how we would handle it or address it. I do feel that, you know, going back to the budget is look at what happened during the pandemic. We all got these restrictions. We got these challenges and look at what has happened. We've had so much advancement in what we're doing tonight with Zoom calls, the quality of them, everything about this technology but that's because of a restriction. In F1's case, the Formula One money for the budget. And so the creativity is often what is a result of these restrictions, as opposed to just spending gobs of zillions of dollars to build the unobtainable product that somebody at the back of the grid can't get. So I kind of like that. Mm. Uh, one analogy you could put is if it was NASCAR and you, you had an unlimited driver budget, you could go out and buy Alonzo and Hamilton and be done with it, uh, or Jimmy Johnson and, and Alonzo, uh, and say, right, you know, we're going to win everything. Um, the, so that's why it's slightly unfair, because if, if, if they don't come into the budget cap, then, you know, the sky's the limit for the drivers. But frankly, if you haven't got a car for the driver, as we've seen in many cases, Alonzo is a good example now, he's not going to win, even if he is the best driver out there. Mm. All right, well, let's... let's NASCAR, who's he driving for? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next clip from Ross Braun. This one is talking about uh, how F1 is involved in in the cars, where they were more so than they used to be. And also an interesting comments about the cost cap not falsifying competition. And remember, this clip was right. This There were two races left when he said this. So interesting timing on that. Let's hear from Ross Braun again. 
Um, it's a good point. I think um, when when Liberty uh, acquired the commercial rights for Formula One, um, I I I'd been I'd retired uh, been retired for three years, uh, but it was the one thing that I felt could motivate me and was of interest to me, which was to look at how we shape Formula One for the future and how we create a structure that's constantly looking at the way Formula One's evolving and helping uh, give it some direction. Because until then, the rules have quite frankly been fundamentally decided by the teams. And the competitors deciding the rules is not always the best solution. And, um, and the FIA uh, at that point didn't have the resources to look at the problems directly. They had to take the information from the teams. So we said about building a team, and I'm glad you'll be talking to Pat because he headed that team um, to, to look at the cars we had and try and decide how we could uh, improve the quality of racing, both from the design of the, the car and the economic uh, environment that the teams operate in because there was a massive disparity in what a top team could spend uh, compared to even you know a mid mid range team a year ago 18 months ago at this stage of the season red bull or mercedes could be pouring hundreds of millions into the championship to try and make sure they could win it uh, and they can't do that now there's a there's a cost cap and they're constrained in how much they can spend. And so, and, you know, we believe it will bring closer racing. It will bring economic stability to Formula One, um, closer competition throughout. Um, so it's not a revolution, it's an evolution, but the things which um, for once, there's been some resource put into this uh, objective, uh, and I'd like to say independent resource because our objective is just to make the racing better. We make the racing better. We make it more engaging. We get more fans, it improves the commercial landscape for everybody, including ourselves. But we have to keep the integrity. We can't, we can't um, distort or falsify the, the competition. So um, the first time ever, the commercial rights holder has actually put their money where their mouth is. Huh. Uh, yeah, prophetic a little bit, isn't it? Uh, so, but hey, guys, we got to get a break in real quick. Let's do that now. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, and we'll be back after these messages. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hey, this is Kurt Busch. You're listening to Speed City Radio. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Kurt Busch, for bringing us back. Nice little NASCAR reference by the producer there because we've got these. First of all, let me let me talk about these clips. We're getting them from EPAR Trade. And if you don't know who EPAR Trade is, um, and this is on their YouTube page, all these in full, all these interviews in full, they host this Race Industry Week online and ePartray, they they provide uh, training and uh, and products and services for the race industry. So you can check them out at ePartray.com. But uh, and we just love the content and say, hey, can we use some of it? And they said, yes. So yeah, in, in conjunction with Racer.com uh, and Racer Magazine. Yeah. So it's it's a really cool deal. So check those guys out. And uh uh, by the way, I'm going to give you the phone number, but we're not going to open the phones up for a little bit, but it's 512-643-5483, 512-643-5483 if anybody wants to call in. We are monitoring uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter usually, <laughs> for sure YouTube and Facebook if you guys are watching on there. So, uh, But yeah, we've got a uh, – Kurt Busch brought us back because we have a clip from Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR who talks about one of the executives at NASCAR, and he's talking about how NASCAR's, uh, their topics and goals for 21, how COTA was included on that. So let's go ahead and hear from Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR. 
Um, we also learned that, um, you know, from a NASCAR scheduling standpoint, you know, we didn't want to go somewhere and be one and done. It was important for us to, you know, know we're going to go into a market, learn some things, and then how do we improve upon that? So you looked at Coda, Formula One, as, as you've said, you know, we wanted to make sure we didn't go in there and, and uh, you know, embarrass ourselves in terms of, okay, what's NASCAR going to do here? How's this going to work? But when you look at our road course product really over the last few years, it's, it's been terrific. And, and once again, our drivers continue to prove that week in and week out. You know, the weather certainly caught us. We have said we're now going to race in the rain. Uh, I think we had some critics, rightly so, in terms of how far that went. Definitely learned some things um, from that that we can apply when we go back to Coda. Hopefully we've got great sunny weather because the, the fan base was unbelievable there. Uh, the town, a great place to go racing. And I think everybody to a person in the industry thought, hey, this is this is awesome for the sport. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually think when I look back at 2021, that NASCAR event at Cota was probably the most underrated story of the year. And what I mean by that was 80,000 people showed up. It poured with rain. There were some heavy crashes and NASCAR's not used to racing in the rain. Although, of course, that it's entirely possible, uh, especially at a road course. Um, and Steve, uh, Steve Phelps, um, if you like, audacity to come and race at a Formula One track and take NASCAR to new venues and new audiences. Really, really impressive. And I think it is going to work for many years to come. And more importantly, it's changing the face of NASCAR because now NASCAR is getting more road race courses. And that's also attracting young drivers. And I know this from being in Trans Am who want to do Trans Am to learn the road courses and be good at road race, uh, road course racing so that they can get into NASCAR. Oh, that's good. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really something else the way that's kind of cross pollinating there and it's creating, I mean, to me, it's raising both of the sports or genres, if you will, up on that. And I uh, was talking with our, our guest earlier about some of the different uh, events, different racing genre and how they have changed how, what some driver's future looks towards. And so we'll, we'll have some interesting comments on that later. Mm. All right. Well, Jonathan, I want you to talk about the next clips because this is Pat Simmons and uh, you chose these. Let us, uh, once you introduce the first one, which is the, uh, uh, the, the F1 business structure and, and talk about Pat himself yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, I think uh, what we're taking the lid off tonight is how Formula One now works under the new management of Liberty Media based in um, Denver, Colorado. Um, and of course, Formula One is now American owned. But both Ross Braun and Pat Simmons come from a different era. They were both team managers. Uh, Pat Simmons at Williams and Benetton, uh, Ross Braun at Braun and Ferrari, uh, and, and, and at other teams too. Um, but they've been around Formula One for the last 30 years. So what they, Bernie tended to run it more like a pyramid, like he was in charge and he, you know, he dealt with the FIA and dealt and basically ran the sport himself. Whereas Liberty are running the sport, which involves all the commercial rights and selling it and so on, but also helping put in this cap um, more recently. And in between both of those, Ross Braun, as the head of motorsport, has put himself, or Liberty have put him, and Pat Simmons to effectively run the day-to-day -day running of the sport, which is very different than Bernie. So... Here in this clip, Pat Simmons explains how that system, the new system, works. <laughs> uh, I guess it depends what you mean by owned. 
Exactly. Uh, Liberty Media own the commercial rights to Formula One. So what does my company do? Um, we put on the, the show, we negotiate with the promoters, we negotiate with the circuits, we negotiate with the, the sort of major sponsors, we bring the teams together. Uh, we work with the FIA, who are the regulator, to, to ensure, you know, that we are the budget cap, for example, uh, originated within our organisation. But as I said, we, we can't write rules that, that would be against sort of competition practice. So the FIA regulate things. Um, we pay the FIA to, to perform that regulatory um, function. Um, but we we actually I guess yeah run the show. One hopes makes the the, the profit as well. What's different about that, John, is in years gone by, effectively as we heard from Ross earlier, the teams would push for the rules and lobby FIA or the FIA, the governing body of both, um, you know, of all of motorsport or all of uh, four wheel motorsport. Um, to get certain rules changed and so on. So now you have a group of people looking at constructive and hopefully innovative ways to make it both more interesting for the fan, but also more lucrative with the cost cap. Uh, as we mentioned last week, if you've got a situation where you know what you're going to earn from the end of the year and you know how much you can potentially spend, then ROI, the, the chance for to get return on your investor and that's happening more and more now with the new look of Formula One with Williams, McLaren, um, you know, Aston Martin. So now everybody's got a much clearer idea of what they can and can't earn and how to spend that money. Mm. Jonathan, you of all people been in just about every paddock and every site around the world. How will that community or, or that committee's loyalty to their former teams play a part in their decision making? Do you think that's going to taint things or do you think... Uh, it's going to be looked at generically across the paddock as they go to decide about making a rule change. It's a good point, um, Les, but I really don't think it were. They're, they're two very respected men. And I think Liberty took more time to, if you like, get their feet under the table, given that they were Americans and it's far from an American sport, let's face it, or thankfully though, it is turning that way. But certainly in 2017, it was a wholly European product. Um, and so um, I, I actually don't think their former roles in, in the sport, um, they've got so much respect that I think that the, the Zach Browns, who'd never run a team before he joined McLaren, uh, and Capito at Williams, um, and to a certain extent, um, Gunter Steiner and, and Gene Haas at Haas, um, would, would follow these men. Uh, because they're, they're, that's what they're there for. They don't, you know, they came out of retirement effectively to take these jobs. Uh, and certainly in the case of Ross Braun, I, I actually think that um, he's, he's at a time in his career where he's there for the right reasons. It's a bit like when Adrian Newey hangs it up, uh, that he became the technical director for Formula One. And I don't think anybody in the sport would say, you know, so it's a bit like getting, I don't know, uh, Roger Storback and... <laughs> Jimmy Johnson to be at the top because you know that those are two respected people. That Wait, have... is that an option? <laughs> yeah, could be. <laughs> I'll take Roger Staubach anywhere, anytime for anything. So, <laughs> yeah, can we get him back? <laughs> 
All right, let's play one more clip. And Jonathan, I'm just going to do this because we're running short on time. This one is the simple one. It's Pat Simmons, the same guy, talking about uh, F1 being road relevant to like road mm-hmm. cars. Technology to production cars. Yeah, I saw that question come up, and, and perhaps I should explain that I, I'm Formula One, not the FIA. Now, we work very closely together, but Formula One is the commercial rights holder. FIA is the regulator. And uh, in the past, never the twain shall meet. We, we're trying to bring it closer together. But, you know, you need to be careful. It, it would be wrong for the commercial rights holder to be uh, doing too much regulation. But um, do we do we need to be road relevant, I think, is really what what we're talking about. And the answer is, I think we do. I I prefer to call it society relevant because I think that there are so many aspects of what we do in Formula One that have knock-ons way beyond the sort of automotive industry. I mean, I think everyone knows the, the, um, the favorite story of how Williams Formula One team or the, the offshoot from Williams Formula One team developed uh, a new type of shells for supermarket fridges that saved a huge amount of energy by applying the sort of aerodynamic knowledge that they gained in Formula One. So we do need to be society relevant. And of course, um, I, I hope uh, at some point we're going to talk about sustainability, Chris, because that's you know our, our big push at the moment. Uh, it becomes difficult uh, as the, the sort of light mobility sector moves more and more to electrification. Um, the power densities that they, they're dealing with are just not suitable for, you know, a, a big racing car like a Formula One car, an Indy car, or, or anything like that. But there's still an awful lot that we we can contribute. And you know, the uh, the electric machines on, on a Formula One car, the battery technology, the power electronics—they are all absolutely state of the art. Um, we have. C ratings on our batteries, which is effectively, a, if you like, it's a way of thinking how fast you can charge a battery that are way beyond anything on, on a, a road car. And a few years ago, I, I think we were all questioning how relevant is, is that? But of course now everyone's saying, well, yes, we are worried about range, but we're actually more worried about charging the, the batteries quickly. So a lot of the technology we've developed, uh, silicon carbide in, in the power electronics, some of the the battery technology, certainly the battery management, um, we're really pushing towards the ability to charge very fast. So lots of things like that are relevant um, and and they must remain so. Hmm. I agree with that. I think they need to remain relevant. I will totally agree with that. Well, guys, let's go ahead and take our quick break and we come back. We have a couple more clips, but also if anybody wants to call in, 512-643-5483. And we'll watch comments on uh, Facebook and YouTube. And we got some other topics we want to talk about other than these clips tonight. You're listening to Speed City back after a quick break. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstott Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We've got a couple more clips that we want want to get in, but I definitely want to talk about some of the topics. Jonathan, you have done a a fantastic job with all this homework. You've got so many topics in here. but My editing was rubbish. Which is it? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan, I want to talk about this this article you spotted on uh, motorsport.com. Can America's top talents still reach F1? I was like, those guys were uh, singing our tune because I don't know if you're if you're new to watching or listening to us. That's that's what we've been talking about for years. But what's your what made you put that in here, Jonathan? Besides the obvious, obviously, it is of our interest to, to find out. We're very close. We've got uh, 20-year-old Logan Sargent now signed up for the Williams Academy. So, yes, we're on the cusp. We've had Rossi. He did a few races, obviously, and now is an IndyCar driver. And we got very close, very, very close, 48 hours we now hear, as you heard in the last week's show, um, to get Colton Herter, who is without doubt the the biggest star in American racing currently and, and is also of an age where he could make it. 
But the story that this really resounds around is Jeremy Shaw, good friend of the show. And I think we should get Jeremy on. Jeremy, a fellow Brit like myself, so tough luck. We're, we're here to stay. <laughs> um, but Jeremy's been running Young Americans to um, the festival, uh, the Brands Hatch Formula Ford Festival. And the likes of uh, Connor Daly, Joseph Newgarten, have all won uh, that festival. And we won it again. The Americans won it again uh, this year. And Jeremy's saying that that's all very well and good. But we're not we're not making future Formula One stars. We're making indie cut stars out of it because they're not known enough. And so, um, you know, we've just recently had a situation where had Michael Andretti bought the Alfa Romeo team, we would have had a young Colton Herter with some 30 million behind him per year from Cambridge uh, in Formula One. And I believe he would have been very successful. Instead, we get the dollars of 30 million from China. And China get their first Formula One star in the Alfa Romeo. Uh, and Andretti, um, you know, uh, the deal fell, fell through with 48 hours to go. So the point is there are there is talent. Um, but I kind of agree with Jeremy, unless that talent like Alexander Rossi and like Logan Sargent is currently racing through the ladder in Europe, they won't be noticed. And the Formula Ford Festival does its bit. But if they come back here or they don't stay in Europe, we're not going to get what we really want, which is, what, three or four drivers racing in Europe, of which now there are, including the Fittipaldis and the, you know, Cameron Dasses of the world and obviously Logan Sargent. Yeah, I mean, that's what we need, obviously. We need these guys to be in that European ladder. And, you know, they need to be on the radar of all the teams. Uh, yeah, it would have been great if Michael had done that. And let's not forget, if you've been watching and listening to us Michael's not done with that effort. He is going to no. try to figure that out. So, but yeah, we need those. We need those guys, those Americans on that ladder for sure. You know, one of the things that I see more and more as I'm meeting these young up and comers out at Coda when they come in, you, I mean, and that's one thing I was talking to somebody the other day. Why am I not, why don't I know about all these things coming to Coda? And as well, you know, there's private events, there's private track sessions, there's all these different things going on. And, you know, Speed City guys, we get the opportunity to go visit sometimes out there when, when the gates are otherwise closed. And I'm seeing more and more of these young drivers who aren't looking at Formula One. As much as the three Amigos here want to see Americans in Formula One with all the rest of the country, there's a lot of other seats besides those 20 some odd seats. And the value of coming up, you know, odds are you're going to wind up somewhere else. And yeah, so and it, it, it's good. It, it is a big culture change. There's no question. I mean, the, the closest uh, we came with, with Pat O'Ward, very close. He looks as though he's going to do some Friday drives. Um, but Pat O'Ward was on that path, if you will. Uh, so was Connor Daly, GP2, Rossi, as we know. So we've come close on a, a few occasions. And that's why the, the, the Logan Star Sergeant story is good because he is well-backed. He is going through that ladder. But even for he, uh, it almost fizzled out last year when he didn't get an F2 drive and did a third season of Formula 3. Then gets picked up by Capito at Williams and is now in the Williams Academy and looks as though he's going to get plenty of uh, Formula 1 exposure on a simulator and on some Friday, Friday drives. Mm. Uh, I got a story here that's funny. All three of us put it in the show doc independently. And Les, I guess you look the most like him. What's this story about Brad Pitt? Oh, I, thanks, I think. <laughs> One for the ladies, Les. Oh, yeah. So uh, so Brad Pitt's 
in on a new movie coming up. It's Formula One based. Not a great deal of detail, but I, I think they were obviously marketing to the women when they said Brad Pitt. <laughs> and so it uh, should be really interesting to see what comes up with it. Uh, there's a few other names that you'll recognize as you go through it. Hopefully we'll see that within the next year or so. Hey, I, I hope this yeah. happens just because it would be, you know, just more visibility for the sport for sure. And look, and it's Apple Studios. Is that it, Jonathan? I think you... that's it. It's, it's, yeah, it's an Apple product. So it'll be on uh, Apple Plus. Um, and so that's why I think it will get the same sort of notoriety as, as the Netflix. Uh, Brad Pitt is well known as a big uh, motor racing fan. He's done quite a few uh, ventures into watching races and taking part in, in things. So, yeah, a bit like back in the day, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. I mean, we're talking about actors that really can galvanize people to watch something they wouldn't normally watch. And uh, we've booked him uh, for next week's show, and we are giving away a ticket to any young lady who wants to come into the studio and be a guest. Sorry, Jonathan, I got I got uh, Bob, uh, Bob Pitt. It's his overweight brother. I've got him. I couldn't get Brad. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. About Sorry, that. girls. Sorry. Uh, I have one more clip Let's I want to play. Jonathan. <laughs> I have one more clip I want to play from Ross Braun because Pat Simmons talked about this in his clip a few minutes ago, talking about how the sustainability is such a big goal of Formula One, and they have a huge task ahead of them trying to help formulate a sustainable fuel that can run in regular road car. They're existing. 2 billion road cars that are out there now. And this is Ross Braun talking about that. We all know this massive environmental challenge we're all facing. And, you know, I know from my experience in Formula One, if you set the 10 teams uh, a challenge and make it competitive challenge. So what we're, we're discussing is sustainable fuels. So in 2026 at the latest, then maybe even earlier, you will have to race with a sustainable fuel. In other words, a, a net carbon zero fuel. So the way that fuel is made, it's produced, uh, has to be net carbon zero. And this will be a plug-in fuel that uh, you would be able to put into a road car. We believe that Formula One can set an example of how a sustainable fuel can be uh, created and used. And that's the big thing we're working on now. So um, sustainability and the assistance and, and solutions we can find for the environmental challenge is the next phase of Formula One. And that's, um, but that's actually why we're seeing manufacturers take a much stronger interest in the sport because they can see the value of that involvement. And it's no secret to say Volkswagen with Porsche and Audi are having a very close look at Formula One. And that's one of the reasons why they're interested. And I think there'll be more. So. That's our next. So there's no rest for the wicked, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. I know you're chomping at the bit, Jonathan. I, that's that last part. Yes, I would love Huge. for them. To, I'd love for them to make sustainable fuels for road cars. It'd be great. It's a. I don't. You know, the 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 engineers and chemists and whatever are struggling with that. But that part about VW and Porsche, and obviously we know why VW's involved uh, wants to be involved because of their diesel gate. But what were you going to say, Jonathan? Well, I mean, there's two things. One. Um, Formula E has proven that the manufacturers vote with their feet. You know, the last yep. 20 years or the, sorry, the last 10 years 
has all been about electric for every manufacturer out there, which is why the Formula E championship, the electric championship took off. And it was backed by the likes of BMW, Mercedes, um, you know, and Porsche. So um, I think an Audi. So the point is um, you can't um, run a combustion series uh, today in this day and age without trying to be sustainable. For example, Cota Copa has the only sustainability officer um, currently, and that was a, a real wild step. But I think, you know, this goes back to the F1 to roading to production cars, which is if F1 can develop sustainable synthetic fuels, which are less carbon, potentially hydrogen, um, or at least um, uh, more, uh, less carbon emission. And also they have set a goal of uh, 2030 as being carbon neutral, which is again, a weighty thing for a, for a company that rides around the world for 23, uh, 23 countries um, with about 600 people in tow um, and then races over three days. Um, it's going to be a hard task, but they've got to be seen to be doing it. Otherwise, people will the next generation of people would be absolutely aghast when the whole world is trying to save the planet and Formula One is just running around with combustion engines not caring. It, it, it's literally the... the, the the whole soul of Formula One in the future, they have to address it. Tobacco is gone. Good. Now let's get sustainable. Mm. Absolutely. We've got a comment in from Facebook and uh, Kevin Kelly says the same. Can't get rid of the internal combustion engine. Agreeable. Adrian Newey, you know, went out to the Extreme E race and was looking at several things around that, but he's also one of the ones raising the idea of a hydrogen combustion engine in Formula One. So it's on the path with a name like that, you know, uh, the probability is pretty high. Yeah, yeah, this is a big deal. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna put it past Formula One to be able to make this happen. Hey, John, if we had hydrogen cars, would, would I have to do high, would I have to suck hydrogen and do the commentary? <laughs> Hi. That's helium. That's helium. Oh, helium. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know me, me chemicals. You confuse confusing hydrogen that and sound helium. Right <laughs> I, I've never sucked hydrogen. What's that taste like? Uh, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I got, you got me there. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break because when we come back, we have a young race driver that's going to join Rich. us. Very excited to have a young driver on the show. And uh, we'll be back after a quick break. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. When you leave the Circuit of the Americas today, you need to go check out our friends at Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery, just 40 minutes west of Weird in the beautiful Spicewood, Texas. They produce a wide variety of unique, award-winning spirits, including bourbon, whiskeys, gin, vodka, and rums. They're kid and dog-friendly with yard games and Crego's Pizza and Wings on site every weekend. Enjoy a full bar, tasting room, bottle purchases, and live music when you visit the ranch. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram, and always ask for Iron Wolf at your favorite bars and liquor stores across Texas. Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery, both 
Old Spirit's Texas Attitude. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are we're going to bring on our young guest here in just one quick moment, but I we got to talk just very quickly and just mention the fact that uh, that Aston Martin announced that Otmar, the American, is leaving the team. Otmar Sapphires has left the company. And his role at Aston Martin, and we'll, uh, they're going to just manage it within, is what they're saying. Jonathan, what do you think of that? Kind of inevitable when Lawrence Stroll took over the complete running of the team. Aston Martin have gone through unbelievable changes and are still going through unbelievable changes. And I think this is an effort. I mean, um, Otmar was there for 12 years, uh, and when it was Force India and Racing Point and so on and so forth. So he's had a long run, and I just think that Lawrence wants to put his own stamp on his own team. And I think that's what will happen, is that they have enough people there to, to run the day-to-day, but they may well bring in what they would call a, a rock star team manager. Uh, watch this space. You know what? I saw this one coming, and you're going to say that I'm crazy, but when I watched the Netflix series, and I watched – the Otmar was in the boardroom, and he was talking – and then Lawrence Stroll walks into the room, and hmm. Otmar does did, was not good at handling him. You could see it in his eyes. I know that sounds crazy, and I'm I'm a, I'm kind of joking a little bit, but you know how you can just tell he you. I mean, Lawrence Stroll is obviously a an enormous figure. He's impending uh, physically, imposing. Excuse me, imposing physically and everything else. So besides being a billionaire, and I could just see it on Otmar's face. I could see that he is not managing that relationship like well to be honest i think that um that uh, gunther handles his relationship with gene better so all right well that's all of that less i want you to introduce our young driver guest hey, you bet you know it's talking about how much we're out at coda and we get to meet these teams that travel through coda everybody wants on coda at one time or another and uh, a lot of times it's younger drivers that i get to pick out and catch up with and so uh, we want to introduce you to Aiden Kenny. Aiden Kenny is with Will Twin Racing and has already got a great history, a great track record for such a short career. Aiden, welcome to Speed City. Thank you for having me. Uh, hope everyone's having a good evening so far. <laughs> oh yeah, doing good, doing good. Hey, so uh, so Aiden's based in Florida and uh, I'm going to say he was a little bit late to his career, but he's making up for it in fast time. Why don't you give us an intro of your uh, your early experiences, sports beyond racing, and then into the karting world. Yeah, so uh, when I was in uh, middle school, so sixth, seventh grade, uh, I started karting, which was in 2018. Um, so from there, obviously, I had quite a late start compared to most of my competitors who had at least five years under their belt. So uh, starting on the back foot was a little difficult for me, but uh, I was able to, to catch up. Uh, I could stay mid-pack, front-pack sometimes, uh, ran a lot of national races until last year in 2020, where I stepped up to cars, uh, racing in the uh, WRL with W2W Mark Martin and a Porsche Cayman. So uh, that's where I'm at now. Um, so it's been a quite short journey compared to most of my competitors, but it's been pretty successful thus far. 
really has that was uh that was one of those things that like i said we push and we talk to these drivers you know we alexander rossi and so many of these others that we knew before everybody else knew their name and they started off much younger than you did so it's quite an acceleration that you have there getting to where you are jonathan you've seen a lot of drivers like aiden what do you got to say about this short ramp to the success I like it. Uh, I mean, it, what I'm, I'm fascinated to learn from you, Aiden, is, you know, you've taken a really bold step from karting. Most people would would give F4 or, uh, you know, the road to Indy or some some sort of continuation uh, of, of sort of single seaters before heading to the heady heights of racing a Porsche. Um, why did you choose that? And how did that come about? Because that is a massive step. Most people uh, are in their 30s by the time they get to, to drive, uh, you know, in a, a sports car. Yeah, so uh, Formula Cars was definitely on the radar, but uh, we got the opportunity to get a testing program with uh, Mark Martin through Go Motorsport Management, and uh, they were able to 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 connect us, and um, so we did a testing program with them in 2020. I went to a couple of the races before I even started driving the cars just to see if I even wanted to go to the the GT racing, and I really liked it. Uh, I liked the atmosphere of the just everyone at the track. So uh, we went into GT racing with them, um, found pretty good success. Um, we just won the 24 hour of Sebring, the first ever 24 hour there uh, in October. And then uh, we just got the WRL national championship for 2021 in the GTO class. So um, it was definitely, definitely a very successful year for me. You're 16. Well, you where, where do you want to be in, in, in yeah. 20 years now? Where do you want to be? What's the, what's the path then? What do you want to do? Uh, so I want to either make it to IMSA or just have a, a steady factory job. So with Porsche, Lamborghini, any of those types of cars, just so that I can have a steady career, but um, still be able to, to do what I love. Uh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, you mentioned Go Motorsport. Uh, you've got some prime talent over there as well. Dave O'Neill comes to mind. We have Dave as one of our Formula One consultants as well. Uh, what what do they put you through in coaching? Uh, being they don't necessarily have a long a long list in your career yet to uh, develop. They're developing it themselves. Yeah. So uh, my main coach is Cameron Lawrence. Uh, he's doing a great job. Uh, I mean. It's great working with him. Uh, I've gotten really close with him over the past year. Um, I had no prior knowledge to anything GT related. Obviously I had the, the sim, but it's very different to real life. So uh, Cameron was very helpful with, I mean, just teaching me everything about the cars that I, uh, that I needed to, to know to be successful. So uh, gotta ask, You've been to several tracks now. Uh, how does Coda compare to those at your racing level? Coda uh, is definitely a track I like. It's um, the I got into motorsport um, by going to the 2017 F1 Grand Prix. So that was my first taste of motorsport. And uh, so the next year I got into karting and moved up. But um, going back to Coda this year after learning everything about motorsport, everything sprouting from there, it was uh, definitely an experience. So I really like the track. It's very professional. Obviously it's FIA grade A. So, um, I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful track to drive and experience. 
So, hey, so when we were texting earlier, you were doing some testing. Tell us what you got going on this week. Yeah, so I uh, actually just got back from Sebring. Uh, have uh, testing in the 718 Cayman with W2W. Uh, this year we're running in the Porsche Sprint Challenge in the silver class. So we're just getting some testing lined up. Uh, just got back from Sebring, going to Coda in uh, February uh, to prepare for the first March, first race in March in Sebring. So Aiden, you said that you went to the 2017 F1 USGP. Was that, that was the spark for motorsports and, or, or were you already interested before that? No, that was, uh, that was the spark. That's what got me going. Uh, we were in the, the paddock club. Uh, with all the simulators and I could not leave the leave the simulators at all I was there for the whole weekend other than the race I was if you couldn't find me I was at the simulators <laughs> that's great all right so uh, you're 16 now so I'm assuming you have a road car driver's license uh yes yes I do <laughs> <laughs> well I it's funny I asked that question you'd be amazed about especially if they're not 16 the young drivers we asked them, they're like, no, I don't, I don't have a license. I haven't really thought about it yet. And, uh, but the question I'm going to ask you is we've asked every major driver, motor, every driver that we've ever had on the show, what kind of car they drive every day. And the answers have been from incredibly boring to incredibly exciting. So what do you drive every day? Uh, I drive a BMW 330i. Oh, there you nice. go. Now, oh, now what <laughs> transmission? Uh, it's automatic. <laughs> That's well, cheating. Man. Yeah, no, still got points for BMW. That's not the ultimate, ultimate driving experience. You got to put some gears in there. Three yeah. series is a good yeah. one. Did you hear exactly. what he said though? He said he was almost traffic. just like automatic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said it with yeah. disgruntlement. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah, he do what exactly he, where you were going. Do what that. he's doing <laughs> a couple more times, and Mark Martin will get him in a Porsche. There you go. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Cameron Lawrence is a great driver. He races. I did a commentary for Trans Am, and yeah, Cameron Lawrence, what a mentor to have. Great guy. Uh, Aiden, we're out of time, but we want to make sure you uh, you can tell people how to find you if you got social media, Instagram, yeah. or whatever. Uh, so my Instagram is Aiden Kenny underscore racing. Uh, Facebook is Aiden Kenny, um, and that should be it. All right, we'll, we'll look out for you. Yeah, Good luck this season. Aiden, thanks for very coming on the show. Very we, much. We really Thank appreciate you. For you. Having me. Yeah, we appreciate Thank it, and uh, and good luck for on the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, we've just got a little bit of time left. Uh, I want to first thank everybody for tuning in on uh, Facebook and YouTube and everything. And we're really we're, we just started trying to grow our YouTube and all that. So give us a like if you like what we're doing. Give us a like or and uh, make sure you set the what is it the notifications and all that stuff. And um, we click the bell, as they say, click the bell. And by the way, you know, people like Aiden Kenny, I, I love having those guys on because these are the guys that become the next Joseph Newgarten. And, you know, for, 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 for fans of the sport, and, and, and I love the fact that we're able to do this. We've been doing it since we started. Uh, and if you think about now, some of the guys we had on right at the start, and, you know, I'm now thinking about Enzo and Pietro Fittipaldi, who are still relative unknowns. And Aiden obviously is just making some names for himself in the last year, but he's just 16. So watch this space. Yeah, no doubt. That's cool. Uh, all right. Also, we're out of time, but check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And uh, we, in addition to YouTube and Facebook, we are very active on Twitter. Uh, we're still working on Instagram, not there yet, but, uh, but thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks to all of our guests. And, and a big thanks to the guys at Epar Trade because 
that's where all those those clips are coming from. And go look them up on YouTube if you want to hear more and more about. I mean, these these things go are like an hour long with each one of these guests. So it's really good. So it's called The Race Week by Epar Trade. And go check that out. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.